All right, check, check. What is going on, everyone? How's it going? How's it going? Uh, you guessed it. We are talking Monsieur Trump today. Um, I decided that uh, this is kind of a big enough moment, I think, that instead of the three at three, we're just going to give the entire, usually it's about 10 minutes uh, that this that this all takes to uh, this very particular uh, topic, right? Um, we'll get into uh, a bunch of different pieces of it. So what happened, we'll get into the response. Uh, we'll talk about the media response, which is really interesting. And then we'll talk about um, some like things, thinking forward, going forward, what, what this all means. Um, shout out to uh, Crypto Scam Hub for this. Uh, awesome uh, meme photo, um, Crypto Meme Central. You can find him here. Uh, but yeah, so let's dive in. So um, unless you are uh, living under a rock or or just somewhere totally uh, away from crypto Twitter, um, you saw this last night. Last night, the internet, at least our little portion of it, totally exploded um, when Donald Trump got on his tweet machine and said, I am not a fan of Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies, which are not money and whose value is highly volatile and based on thin air. Unregulated crypto assets can facilitate unlawful behavior, including drug trade and other illicit activity. Similarly, Facebook's Libra's virtual currency will have very little standing or dependability. If Facebook and other companies want to become a bank, they must seek a new banking charter and become subject to all banking regulations, just like the other banks, both national and international. We have only one real currency in the US and it is stronger than ever, both dependable and reliable. It is far more dominant currency anywhere in the world and will always stay that way. It's called the United States dollar. So uh, there is a lot to unpack here. A lot of people thought, did he actually write this? It seems like someone who had an agenda wrote this. Uh, didn't really sound like his normal ramblings exactly. Um, two, a lot of people noted that this seemed in quite uh, quite to contrast uh, his recent kind of push to weaken the dollar. Um, so anyways, I, you know, I think that for sure, uh, when you when you look at just what the response of the average kind of participant in crypto Twitter and uh, Bitcoin Twitter, it was bullish, right? So you got paranoid bull. Today is the most bullish day in the history of Bitcoin. The chair of the Federal Reserve called it a store of value and the president of the United States tweeted about it, right? So if you'll remember, we were talking yesterday about how, uh, what a big deal it was that Jerome Powell, the head of the, the chair of the Federal Reserve, actually made the analogy of digital gold and said it's uh, it, that's kind of how people are using Bitcoin. Um, you've got Jeremy from, uh, from Circle, possibly the largest bull signal for Bitcoin ever. Crypto is now a presidential global policy issue. People everywhere will embrace a mix of sovereign and non-sovereign digital currency. We'll see if that last part comes true. But again, that's kind of the, the excitement is more around this first part, right? That it's now a presidential uh, and global policy issue. Um, let's head on over to... Uh, to uh, to pop on um, Squawk Box this morning, um, I'm going to turn uh, me down for a minute and this on so you guys can hear. The industrial age. Yeah, yesterday was such a big day in that you have to remember, you know, gold, for example, is a seven trillion dollar asset. It's been around for thousands of years. Bitcoin is two hundred billion dollars. It's been around for ten and a half years. And we have the Federal Reserve chairman talking about their the alternatives to each other. Yeah. And you have the president coming out and acknowledging it, right, talking about it. If you had said ten and a half years ago, the president of the United States is going to be tweeting about magic Internet money. We would have never, ever envisioned that day. And so I think that what we're seeing is a, a shift in what we trust. Do we trust the humans or do we trust the algorithm? Anthony, to if it got 
So this is a, obviously kind of a, a, a pretty big deal. I think Pom did a really good job of summarizing. If you'd said 10 and a half years ago that the president of the United States is going to be tweeting about magic internet money, we would have never envisioned that day, right? Um, I love this one. Uh, so one of the questions, obviously, when this comes up is, what's the price action going to be? Well, it didn't move at all. In fact, if it moved anywhere, it, it went up a little bit. But um, Crypto Cobain, King Kobe said, I summon the old gods. I summon the new gods. Together, I request one thing of you in defiance of the United States of America, pump it. Um, so you had like, it, it was a very big day, right? Brian Armstrong from Coinbase, achievement unlocked. I dreamt about the US president needing to respond to growing cryptocurrency usage years ago. First they ignore you, then they laugh at you, then they fight you, then you win. We just made it to step three, y'all. So, uh, oh, hey, we got a raid uh, from uh, from Chris. Thank you. Uh, welcome, guys. So this is a, it's a daily chat. Um, podcasters, we just got a raid from someone on Twitch. So this is the uh, the benefit and the downside of multimedium. Um, but uh, so we got some new new people. We're talking about Donald Trump and Bitcoin uh, and crypto yesterday. So um, so yeah. So this idea of uh, of then they fight you right and being at that stage. So um, Ryan from uh, from Masari made this point as well. Then they fight you. We're on to the final bosses. Um, and this was interesting because a couple of weeks ago. Uh, uh, a couple of weeks ago, I had retweeted or, or reposted something that Naval wrote like two years ago about how Bitcoin eventually eats all of the networks, right? It eats all of the monetary networks. And I asked, you know, what, what has changed in your perspective since then? And he said, I can't call timing, but it feels way too early for the end game to me. Bitcoin hasn't faced the final boss yet, and there are many suspect tokens rising alongside indiscriminately. So this was just a few weeks ago, June 21st. Um, and then I thought it was hilarious. Uh, Naval's tweet... <laughs> about uh, Trump was just a retweet with uh, a giant Mario final boss uh, gif. So um, anyways, th that wasn't obviously the only response, wasn't memes and, and fun responses. It was also a lot of really serious stuff. So um, Niraj from uh, Coin Center wrote, without cryptocurrency, a cashless society is a surveillance society. And you saw this a bunch, a lot of people who were taking kind of the educational tone of view, using the fact that so many eyeballs are going to be on this um, on this this tweet to, to actually try to educate, uh, at least if not the president, and even if not his aides, maybe the people who are coming and checking out this conversation. Um, you had Caitlin Long, who just crushed it, uh, who wrote about what Wyoming is doing and how basically arguing that he's been misinformed by his aides. Uh, and I think this is a, something that's really cool. Um, uh, Man with Three Clocks, yes, it is a, it is a daily stream on Twitch. Um, and so, uh, so yeah, so, so Caitlin was also featured prominently in um, a really good article uh, in the Wall Street Journal. And I think this is the second point that I wanted to make about this. Um, media coverage has been kind of impressive as compared to uh, a lot of things that we've seen previously. So um, Stephen uh, Russolo, sorry if I mispronounced that, um, wrote a really great piece. It had quotes from Caitlin, it had quotes from Pomp, it had quotes from a lot of different folks, kind of making some of these points about the idea that um, that it, it's powerful that there's such a, 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 a lot of attention around this. Um, I, I want to go one more time to uh, to Squawk Box because I think it's, it's so notable to see this shift in, uh, in how the media is talking about it. So I'm going to mute myself again and, and pull this back up. Who has the, the biggest vested interest in, in the things staying the way they are? And, and, and United States and of America. America. The government. Uh, they have no control once they That's lose the control. That's the whole point of, of Bitcoin. Exactly. So
so again, this is uh, like, you're talking about uh, a show that a couple years ago was just basically watching uh, different coins pop up and seeing what was happening and just totally market focused to something that's talking, uh, you know, relatively eloquently for mainstream media about uh, what the impact is and and why they're talking about Bitcoin and what the implications are. Um, I think it, it was cool because it runs kind of in counter to uh, something that Ben Hunt was talking about today on Epsilon Theory, where he's basically arguing that the media, the way that they've talked about uh, Libra has been largely not like what you actually need to know about Libra, but how to think about Libra. Um, his argument is that Libra is a huge uh, force for co-opting the power of Bitcoin, basically. So, uh, so the media was really cool. So anyways, I wanted to get, I guess, just the last couple minutes to, uh, to my take. Um, so first, I do think that this is uh, actually a pretty huge moment. Uh, the elevation to the national stage, uh, you know, even if it is just via a tweet, um, and maybe even one that was kind of planted by, you know, someone else, plus the fact that it's such a huge issue for um, that, that's been coming up in congressional hearings with the Fed chair, I think does mark a, a new moment for this industry. I, I won't be surprised if in the future we look back and kind of divide it until, you know, before Trump tweet, after Trump tweet, kind of a kind of a thing, um, broadly speaking. Uh, I think second, it feels to me very much, um, and this is de I'm definitely not the only person to say this. In fact, uh, Jerry from uh, the, the head of Coin Center makes this point as well. I feel like this is much more a response to Libra and to Zuckerberg, who is sort of a nemesis for Trump historically, um, and is someone that I think the administration uh, and also just kind of the U.S. establishment in general um, fears in terms of that power. I think this is more about Libra than it is about Bitcoin. And you kind of have to mention Bitcoin when you mention Libra. Um, but to some extent, especially in the context of uh, Jerome Powell's uh, comments yesterday, um, it really, really feels to me like this is a this is a, about Libra um, and about what the, the threat that Libra represents to the U.S. dollar. Um, third, I think that it feels to me like we haven't really had to as an industry, as a space, uh, we haven't really had to think about um, our, our kind of global advocacy position. Like certainly there are organizations like Coin Center uh, who have been thinking about that and who have been working really hard to make sure that, you know, uh, people in Congress are informed and they have all the information they need. But we haven't built broad-based advocacy movements. In fact, we've kind of been like very internal facing. Um, Jeffrey Tucker makes this point, while crypto people have been raging against each other for no apparent reason, a real problem has revealed itself. The U.S. president has an opinion on the topic that was common six years ago, but now one hears about rarely. Um, he's talking about how cryptos are just for unlawful behavior. And I think that um, the 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 point that Jeffrey's making uh, that I agree with is that there is effectively like the world is going to come at crypto now. Um, the the cat is out of the bag, and uh, and you know if there was any question after Libra, um, this I think pretty much seals the deal. And that doesn't mean that we need to present some like united front that's not representative of, of reality, but it does mean we need to think about the stories that we're telling, broadly speaking, uh, to the public about crypto. Like this is a, a technology that represents at core one of the most powerful forces for sovereignty, freedom, 
freedom, individualism in history. Like you could not get a more um, inherently uh, freedom-loving technology, for lack of a better term, than Bitcoin and 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 the cryptocurrency movement broadly that it that it unleashed. Um, I think that we need to tell that story, and I think that we need to go advocate. And I think that when we do, it works. So I'll, I'll have one counterpoint or one one example of that. So one of the folks that uh, that Libra did spend time with in advance of launching was um, Mark Carney, the the one of the, the the governors from the Bank of England, and he was advocating even yesterday about why it's so important to have these new technologies create innovation for consumers, right? This is basically a, you know, a central banker. He's tipped maybe for the head of the IMF as his next job, um, who's talking positively about Libra because people went and spent the time. And I think that this is uh, a really important uh, moment for us to, to maybe kind of uh, rally and uh, and do something. Um, so I, I'm going to leave it there. I'm going to jump into some of these questions. Uh, for those of you who are hanging out on the podcast, I appreciate the time. Um, it's first week of the podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it. Please uh, hit me up on Twitter at NLW if you have any uh, comments, thoughts, ideas, reflections. Um, and now let's, let's dive into some conversation. So uh, let's see. So uh, Chris asks, um, uh, I don't want to give it that much power to Trump about Bitcoin, but you think it's that big. So yeah, so I don't think it's about Trump necessarily uh, exclusively in terms of how big it is. I think it's about the office of the presidency, which regardless of what you think about Trump, he does inhabit right now, um, making Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies an issue worth tweeting about. That is what's big. Um, what's big is that every congressional representative, every senator yesterday had someone on their staff if they didn't have it yet, uh, out researching Bitcoin and crypto and figuring out what they're supposed to do about it. And maybe Libra was making them do that already, but I think this is a whole different level. Um, so yeah, so I think that it's, I think that there's a, a major, a major effect there. Um, what else? Uh, <clears throat> yeah. And then I, I think, uh, I guess the other thing that was interesting um, that uh, I just wanted to mention is you know, the the immediate response, I don't know, when you, whenever you have like a political story, there's always like the day one response and then the day two response. And the day one response is about uh, like, you know, just the excitement and what's there. Uh, and um, and the day two response is, is how, how people respond to it uh, more broadly. Um, like what what the what the counterpoint is what the, when when the all the obvious stuff that's been said is no longer said uh the day two story is is what comes up after and so i think that there uh are a couple interesting day two stories one that i i think is interesting to explore a little bit more than has been is um what if this ratchets up right so you've got folks in in the bitcoin in the crypto space like nick carter who have been thinking a lot about do are we in for the criminalization in some way of Bitcoin? Uh, you know, I think Nick actually made um, made a prediction. Let me see if I can dig this up. Um, I think it's under here. Yeah. So Nick uh, said this is a couple months ago. I guess in March prediction in the next twelve months, a high profile Western government will criminalize Bitcoin ownership. Justifications will include terrorist financing owned by regimes like North Korea and Maduro, that's Venezuela, darknet markets, right? So the same crime arguments. Um, so I think uh, I think that this is 
you know, whether this is true or not, I think this is the, the, the stage that we're at where this is the conversation. And so I think that it's an interesting um, point to think about whether, uh, you know, what that actually looks like, right? Like one of the things that especially Bitcoiners, even more than other crypto folks do, is they like to think adversarially and wonder about where the potential attack vectors are. So there's a really cool thread going on over here. A lot of people have pointed out that um, miners might be targets, on-ramps and off-ramps might be targets, just making it really difficult and, and kind of uh, you know hard to bank. Um, it's already hard to bank for uh, Bitcoin and crypto-related startups. Um, uh, but it's there's certainly ways to make that a lot a lot harder, right? So um, so that's that's an interesting kind of counterpoint. It's like okay, day one is all excitement. Day two is uh, you know what what happens? Um, what would they actually do if they wanted to ratchet this up? Um, I think the other interesting counterpoint is that uh, you know the the loudest political response to this actually wasn't from the left. Um, at least I didn't see much from the left, um, probably in part because it's it's folks on the left. Uh, this is in the US, obviously. I don't know where, where people are from. Um, Democrats who have been calling calling issue with Libra. Um, you've got Brad Sherman, who's been probably the most vocally outspoken um, antagonist to Bitcoin uh, in, in the US government in some ways. Um, you know, so they're not gonna just all of a sudden jump on the Bitcoin train because you know Trump, who they don't like, um, is also against it. Um, but you did see, you've saw, you've seen a lot of, uh, you've seen a lot of folks on uh, the, the right side of the aisle, particularly the younger constituency for whom Trump represented, again, this is like, let's even hold aside politics in, in really direct terms, but just in terms of mimetic narrative terms, like the set of Trump supporters for whom he represented a break with the past and a disruption to the traditional power structure, um, there's a big overlap of that group and folks who are excited about what Bitcoin does to the traditional structure, right? This is the group who's not excited when Trump starts talking about how we should manipulate our currency to compete with China and the European Union because they've been doing it as well, right? This is the set of folks who, uh, you know, who, they're, they're just not thinking like that. So um, I've seen a number of people, I think I even had someone retweet that said, like, this is the one issue I disagree with Trump on, which is a, is is pretty fascinating. So that's, that's another... Uh, uh, kind of day two story that I've seen. Um, Chai City Crypto, I feel like Trump will backtrack on this in a matter of days. I don't know, this isn't a man who really likes backtracking very much. Um, it's interesting to think about maybe what, what would a backtrack even be for him. Um, I don't think it's impossible, uh, but I would expect it to see kind of shifting. Like he has to feel like he gets something uh, to, you know, to, he has to win something. So maybe it'll be because Libra complies with everything. Um, Criminalization is a possibility, direct threat to USD's power. It is, although it was so interesting to see how um, how Jim Powell was commenting on, let me see if I can find it actually. Um, I bet I can. So yesterday, so the, the question is for those who are still listening, um, uh, it's a direct threat to the, to the US dollar's power. And um, so yesterday uh, in testimony, Jim Powell said, 
um, or so he was asked directly, if a cryptocurrency system were to become prevalent throughout the globe, would that diminish or remove the need for a reserve currency? Uh, Powell, things like that are possible, but we haven't seen widespread adoption. If we do see it, you could see a return to an era in the United States where we had many different currencies in the so-called national banking era. Also, almost no one uses Bitcoin for payments. They use it more as an alternative to gold. It's a speculative store of value like gold. So again, this is one of the reasons that it feels like to me that this... Um, that Bitcoin is getting lumped in, in that Trump tw tweet storm uh, with Libra um, and that the, the real fight is, is maybe with Libra. Um, yeah, Bitcoin hurts U.S. ability to sanction. This is another comment. I do think that that might be part of it. To the extent that uh, Trump actually is antagonistic towards uh, towards Bitcoin, that would be my best guess about why, right? That it, it, it somehow undermines his ability to uh, to be um, to, to engage his uh, his foreign policy, right? Uh, that it is um, that, you know, it's a way for countries to avoid sanctions like we're seeing in Iran. So, um, yeah, it's uh, it's pretty interesting. Um, DEXs are much needed in the space. Yeah, I think that this is definitely going to I guess maybe we'll post this one last thing and then I'll wrap up because we've been talking for a while. Um, uh, Jake wrote this, uh, not Kale. <laughs> Um, so Jake from CoinFund wrote an essay just a couple of days ago, actually, about um, about why what are the pressures uh, creating momentum for decentralization. So in this piece, I talk about how different problems with regulatory uncertainty, user privacy, and public governance are economically driving systems towards increased decentralization. Um, I do think that when you see more interest on this highest level uh, and when governments look like they're going to get more and more involved, you are going to see um, there, there's a natural push to um, to have uh, to, to have the counterbalances structurally built in, right? So, I mean, this is what Pomp was talking about, I guess, again, as well. The last kind of clip that I had from um, from him on Squawk Box was he's saying that it's kind of, it's too decentralized to fail. He used the words too big to fail. But what he really means is that it's really difficult to go after everyone you need. I mean, this is what folks, especially who are excited about Bitcoin, have, have been thinking about for a long time and have been aiming at for a long time, is to design a system that is um, systemically able to avoid pressure uh, and conscription from forces like the U.S. government. Um, I think that you are going to see just more and more of a bifurcation, I guess, between, on the one hand, um, the folks who are trying to operate entirely legally, regulatorily, right? So yesterday we talked about Blockstack and YouNow both doing um, SEC sanctioned token sales through through um, the Reg A plus ex exemption. Um, you're going to see that that kind of side of things. You see Gemini, who's talking about regulated crypto. You're going to see all that set of folks who's really trying to work within the system. And then you're going to see the exact opposite. You're going to see folks who are moving offshore, anonymous founders using DAOs. Um, DEXs are going to continue to grow in, in importance, and they're going to go the complete opposite direction. I think the 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 thing that is going to have the hardest time in, in at least the short and medium term is the stuff in the middle. Um, so yesterday, actually, even uh, Vail, which was kind of a user interface on top of Augur, made this point. So they shut down after, you know, six months after being really, really um, 
uh, lauded in the community and something that people were really excited about. And one of their analyses, one of the reasons they said they shut down was that they tried to operate in this kind of in-between space that wasn't fully regulated, you know, and fully kind of compliant, but also wasn't fully off the books with anonymous and everything. And that's a really difficult space to be. Um, so, yeah, so I, I think this is a, what's exciting to me, I think maybe we'll, to wrap up is that this is creating a, a whole new set of conversations as well as really supercharging a lot of conversations that we've gotten away from, right? Like, I think this is the stuff that, um, you know, I'm not a person who thinks that the markets don't matter and that price action doesn't matter because I think all of that action is what gets people uh, involved, excited, and and kind of hooked. Um, but then people stick around for the revolution. And I think that focusing on, um, this focuses our attention again on some of the revolutionary aspects of this technology and of these monetary systems uh, that is really transformative. And it's our job to protect and preserve it. So uh, maybe I guess I'll end with uh, Jill Carlson, just maybe a, a different take on the final boss question. There is no final boss for Bitcoin. As with freedom, we have to be vigilant in its preservation. We must constantly fight for it and defend it. We must be watchmen in the walls. Um, I think she's dead on, right? Like even if we beat the final boss, whatever that means, there'll be a new boss that arises. Um, when you're fighting for freedom, self-sovereignty and liberty, um, it's a never-ending fight. That's the history of human existence and experience has taught us, and I don't think anything about that is changing. Um, it just so happens we have better tools than we did before. Um, so with that, uh, thanks so much for the raid. Thanks for hanging out. For podcasters, if you stuck around, let me know if you liked the kind of commentary or if I should cut this in the future. Uh, and yeah, I I'll be around to chat more about this. I'm sure um, this story is, is not over. So thanks, guys. Talk soon.